All right. Well, welcome to Wednesday Night Church. Whether you're in the house with us or you're online joining us, it is incredible to have you here. If it is your first time, please text ResLife to 94000. We would love the opportunity to connect with you there. If you don't know who I am, my name is Tim Gillio. I'm one of the pastors here at ResLife. I've had the opportunity of being on staff here for something like 15 years. It's been kind of crazy. My wife, Rachel, the beautiful woman sitting right here, joining me and myself, started on staff here in kids ministry, believe it or not. Um, uh, in 2010 was my first full-time position. I came on staff in 2006, but in 2010 uh, was my first full-time position. And uh, I got the, we got the opportunity of kids ministry. We did youth ministry for years after that, and then now I get the opportunity of working with our Connections ministry um, and our Married Life ministry, which is awesome. So I'm excited uh, for the opportunity to share with you today. Um, recently, I've been doing uh, reading through the Bible, but I shouldn't say that because that's a little bit. Uh, I've been listening through the Bible. Anyone <laughs> Anyone understand what that's like? I've got four kids at home, so it could be crazy. So uh, I, I usually have my Bible out and following along, but if I said I did that all the time, it wouldn't quite be the truth because there are days when I just listen to it uh, and then I re-listen to it and re-listen to it because kids or something distracts me. Uh, but I've been listening and reading through the Bible, and I've been going through a lot of the story of, of Israel uh, in the in the early days, and I don't know if you have spent any time reading through uh, Israel in the early days. Um, it's interesting how Israel seems to do really good, and then something will happen. And today what I want to look at is I want to look at a time when God was moving through the Israelites and then they let their guard down. They kind of took their, their eyes off the prize, if you could say that for, uh, for one way to say it. If you're taking notes, I'm a note taker. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is The Attacking Enemy. And I believe, I don't know about you guys, but I believe that the devil searches for great opportunities to try to make the biggest impact in our life, right? He's searching and he's crafty in what he's doing. And that's what he did in this moment with Israel. So uh, a little bit of backstory on what's going on in this moment. Uh, we're in Joshua chapter 9, if you want to flip there. But a little backstory about what happened previously to this is uh, the, the Israelites had come out of Egypt. You know, Moses had led them out of Egypt. And through a bizarre set of circumstances, they found themselves wandering in the desert. And then Moses ends up passing away, and this guy named Joshua steps up, and Joshua takes leadership of the Israelites. And they're at this moment where they're going from what would be called the wilderness, and they're stepping into their promised land. This is the land that was promised uh, a long time before that to Abraham, this vast land. It's called a land flowing with milk and honey. So we can just kind of imagine for a moment that it's a, it's a beautiful place. 
Uh, and you have this guy, Joshua, who just takes over leading the nation of Israel. And they go in and uh, they take on the first city, which is Jericho. Several of us have probably heard of Jericho before. Uh, Jericho is a city that they ended up taking with just marching around it. It's really crazy. All of a the walls fell down and they took the city. It was just this incredible moment. So they take the city of Jericho, and then they go on and they move to the next city. The next city is the city of Ai. It's just Ai, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, And they end up taking the city of Ai. They lost at first, but then they won. But then they're in this moment. Um, and, and how I describe it is this. They're at a moment where they learn some things. Has anyone ever gone through a difficult situation where you learn some things? Anyone? Yeah. Uh, maybe if you're online and that's you, just, just type, that's me, you know. Um, they learned some things, but what they did is they let down their guard for a second. They let down their guard. And we're going to pick up in Joshua chapter 1, or sorry, Joshua chapter 9. Verse 1. Joshua chapter 9, verse 1 says, Now it came about when the kings who were beyond the Jordan, so this is the other kings that were ruling the towns, uh, when it came about when the kings who were beyond the Jordan in the hill country and in the lowland and on all the coasts of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittite and the Amorite, the Canaanite and the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite heard of it. Check out what this says. When they heard of it, they gathered themselves together with one accord to fight with Joshua and with Israel. The first thing that these groups of kings decided to do is they banded together. They realized that maybe on their own, they weren't strong enough, but they thought, man, if we can just band together. I love how it says with one accord. You know, they got together. They weren't just just all gathering in one area. No, they got together and they said, we need to be in one accord. They got in one accord. And again, if you're taking notes, point number one is the enemy wants to band together. When we're coming out of a moment of victory like Israel, the devil's going to, if he sees our guard down, this is what he's going to do. He's going to band together some different things and come against us and attack us that way. Have you guys ever felt, uh, maybe this is you, have you ever had a day where it just seems like everything's going wrong? Like one of those days where it's like, uh, the tire goes flat on the car, the battery dies, uh, the kids are screaming, whatever. Have you got, I'm sure most of us can probably say, I've had a day where it feels like everything's going wrong. There's a, there's a verse in Ecclesiastes that says, uh, the little foxes ruin the vineyard. It's not like the big things that do the damage, it's the little things. And oftentimes what the enemy will do in moments where we feel like we have a victory, the enemy will try to come back and, and he'll try to come back and he'll bring, uh, he'll band together several different things and try to attack us. And this is exactly what happens to Israel in this moment. They had all these enemies and they had taken two major cities, but it says the kings from all the other cities in that area, they they banded together to be a bigger threat against Joshua. 
So the enemy wants to discourage us, and, and he's going to do that by, by throwing things at us. And oftentimes it's not the big things that get to us. It's all the little things. The other day my wife and I had a moment like this where we just felt like, man, this is a day when everything just seems to be going against us. It's like we can't get a break. Some of you guys have probably had weeks where you feel like, man, I can't get a break. Maybe this whole year you've been saying, man, it feels like I can't even get a break. And you're just thinking, are you kidding me? There's something else that's happening right now. And let me tell you, oftentimes that's the enemy trying to work, trying to bring discouragement. Because he realized that if he can, if he can just get us a little off our rocker, he can do a lot of damage in our momentum towards the Lord. John 10.10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's like the game plan of the enemy, right? I'm going to steal from you, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to destroy you. But God says, but I came that you might have life, and a, a, a life abundant. The enemy wants to do these things, stealing, killing, destroying, but oftentimes he does it through little ways that just keep piling up and keep piling up and keep piling it up. But look at what John, 1 John 4, 4 says. It says, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them. I love this next line. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Can you guys say that with me? Say, greater is he who's in me. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Let me tell you something. God has got your back. God has your back. He's there for you. He wants to be on your side. But the enemy's going to try to bring his discouragement. Many times, many times people tend to think of Jesus and the devil on the same playing field. Can I just let you guys know that Jesus and the devil are not on the same playing field. Jesus is way greater than the devil. Uh, little 30-second theological lesson. Jesus is the one that created. The devil was created. He was an angel that fell. Jesus is eternal. No beginning, no end. The devil had a beginning, has no end, but he is less than God. The devil is less than God. He's got no place. He's not even in the same ball game, right? I kind of liken it. I kind of liken it to the devil is like he's drowning in a swimming pool. He's just trying to grab as many people as he can to go down with him. He knows he's lost. He's just trying to mess up as many people as he can. But how many of you guys know that we have the victory, right? We have the victory. And greater is he who's in you because Jesus is in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on. Check out with 2 Kings. I love this. 2 Kings 6 5. 2 Kings 6 5. There's, there's a guy named Elisha, and Elijah is a servant of the Lord, and he finds himself in a city. He's got his servant with him, and the enemy is surrounding the city. I can just imagine like a medieval war movie where this would be or something where. Elijah's in the city, they're, they're, he's in the city, his servant's in there, and there's just an army, and I kind of imagine it all the way around the city. And this is what it says, it says, now when the attendant of the man of God, that's 
Elijah's servant, now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an enemy, this is uh, 2 Kings 6.15, by the way. Behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? He's panicking, right? What are we going to do? So he, or Elijah, answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And then check out what Elijah did. It says, then Elijah prayed and said, O Lord, I om- uh, sorry, O Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of chariot horses and chariots of fire all around Elijah. Let me tell you what, not only is God in you, but surrounding you is an army of angels that could take on anything that the devil throws at you. And in these moments where we may be weak or we may feel like the enemy's coming on us and attacking us and bringing all this stuff, let me tell you something. Greater is he that's in you and greater is he that's with you than anything that could come against you in Jesus' name. God has victory for us. We just have to pray and say, Lord, can you open my eyes so I can see? There's, there's a move of God happening right now that's greater than any move of God that I've seen in my life because the enemy's bringing an attack called COVID and God's saying, uh-uh, I'm bringing victory in it in Jesus' name. And we're in the midst of a pandemic, but we're also in the midst of a revival. Let's get on board with it, Right? We have to be careful to notice that the enemy is piling up attacks to try to knock us down, to try to get us off our rocker. Ephesians 6.13 says, therefore put on the full armor of God and then stand firm. It doesn't say put on the full armor of God and sit down. It says put on the full armor of God and stand firm against the attacks of the enemy. That's where we get up in the morning and say, all right, God, what do you got for me today? Can I tell you that God is a God that wants to use situations that seem frustrating and maybe impossible for good? The other day I was in a meeting, and uh, it was taking longer than I personally wanted it to take. But in that meeting, I got the opportunity towards the end of it. If I'd have gotten frustrated, it would have just been a frustratingly long. It wasn't a meeting here. It was, I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a meeting here with people here, so uh, you'll get that in a second. But anyways, I was in this, I was, I was having this uh, meeting, uh, I was at the bank meeting with this person, and uh, I sat there for about 50 minutes in a meeting that was supposed to be 30 minutes. And I could have gotten frustrated, but for some reason I just felt peace about just just being there. Well, in the last 25 minutes, I got to share my testimony I got to talk about who Jesus is and how Jesus looked and said to, to us humans, you can't do it on your own. So I'm going to come and I got to talk about how Christmas is the celebration of Jesus being born on earth and coming to the earth. And then I got to talk about how uh, Resurrection Sunday or Easter is how we celebrate that Jesus died and rose again. And I got to lay out the whole gospel. And the enemy wants me to get frustrated in that moment, but God says, no, wait, if you're faithful, I'm going to use that moment, right? 
God will use the moments of frustration, the moments where we feel like we're failing, the moments where we feel like we're getting attacked. God says, if you're patient and you're faithful and you trust me, I'm going to use those moments. So this, this time I got to be a vessel for the word of God and for victory to come through me. And, and all because I chose to let God work through me. So we have to notice that the enemy is trying to get us on our rocker. But if we put on that full armor of God, we can stand firm in Jesus' name. So Joshua, and the story continues uh, in Joshua chapter 9, starting in verse 3. It says, when the inhabitants of Gibeon, when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and to Ai, they also acted craftily. Can you guys say craftily? So what's going on is Joshua and Israel had just taken these two big cities, and the the city that was right next door was Gibeon. And these guys acted craftily. If you're taking notes, the second point is uh, deception. The enemy wants to bring deception as an attack into our life. But look at what happens. It says that they acted craftily, and they set out as envoys, and took out worn-out sacks on their donkey, and wineskins worn out, and torn and mended and worn out and patched sandals on their feet, and worn-out clothes on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and had become crumbled. So what these guys did is they, they made it look like they had gone an incredible distance. They put worn-out shoes and worn-out jeans. People buy worn-out jeans nowadays, but they put worn-out jeans on and worn, and, and they had all this worn-out stuff, and they put it on, and they, they, they made it look like they'd been traveling for days and months and months and months to get to this, this place. And they come up on Joshua and the Israelites, and they come up on him, and this is what they say. They, they say, we're from far away, and when we left, our shoes were new, our clothes were new, our wineskins were new, and this bread was fresh out of the oven, and now shoes are worn out, clothes are worn out, wineskins worn out, and all this stuff's worn out, and the bread's moldy, and they deceived the Israelites, because what the enemy is going to try to do, if he can't knock us off our rocker with bringing tax against us, he's going to try to deceive us. This is exactly what he did in the very beginning with Adam and Eve. He looked at Eve and said, you surely won't die. But you will die in that moment with Eve. But it wasn't the death that he was talking about. Anyways, he began to deceive her. There's a, there's a quote from a movie I saw a long time ago that said, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Right? That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to bring and be crafty. And so often the devil makes the, the wrong choice look so right in the moment. Oh, if, if you lie and cover that up a little bit, it's just going to be easy. No one's going to know about it. It's, it's okay. Oh, hey, at work, if you just... Fudge those numbers a little bit, no one will ever know. Oh, if you just cheat on that test, you're going to get a better grade. Your parents are going to be happy with you. The devil brings crafty schemes that try to look so, t- but that's what sin is. Sin is so tempting because it, it looks, it, it, it promises so much pleasure in the moment, but it brings so much destruction in the end. And that's exactly 
what the enemy did right here to Joshua. He brought deception in. If you look a few, a few verses later in Joshua chapter 9, verse 14, it says, So the men of Israel took of their provisions. That means he, they took of the things that that, that uh, neighboring city had brought, the deception. They bought into deception. And then look at what it says. And they did not ask for the counsel of the Lord. They did not ask for the counsel of the Lord of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 11:14 says no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. The greatest thing the devil can ever do is get us to think that what's happening in our life isn't from him. But we need to be wise. We need to watch out. Um I'm a hunter. When I think of watching out, um, I think of when you're hunting and more than one deer come in. Usually it's doe, and usually it's a doe and like her two fawns or maybe a couple doe and a couple fawns. And they come walking in, and you'll be in a tree stand. And doe and fawns are the hardest things to be around because there's always one of them that's looking. Two of them might be eating on the ground, and one of them's looking around. And then all of a sudden, the one will start eating, and another one will look around. They're being watchful. We need, can I just say that I feel like in 2022, we need to be watchful as Christians. We need to keep our eyes open, both physically and spiritually, and say, Lord, what's going on? If Israel would have chosen to disinquire of the Lord, they wouldn't have been deceived in this moment. And actually, this deception that happens in this moment carries out years and years and years into the future and just continues to bring destruction into the future. But we need to be watchful. 1 Peter 5.8 says this, Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The enemy isn't looking to just attack us and leave. The enemy is looking to devour us. He wants to take us out completely. So the question is, where does this leave us? Where does this leave us on December 29th, 2021? Where do we go from here? If the devil's out, how do we come against it? Well, remember what Israel forgot to do. In Joshua chapter 9, verse 14, it says they did not seek the counsel of the Lord. The counsel of the Lord. We've got to seek the counsel of the Lord. And this looks kind of different for all of us in many ways. But I could tell you a good start to that is read the Bible. A good start to that is spending some time praying, get into some worship, fellowship with some good friends. I can't tell you how many great men and women, both of Bible times and now, have gotten in such difficult situations because they don't seek the counsel of the Lord. And if I'm honest, I could say I've gotten myself in such tricky situations at times because I don't always seek the counsel of the Lord. 
So let's seek the counsel of the Lord. James 4, 7, I'm going to kind of close with this. James 4, 7, submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will free, flee from you. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Two-part strategy, right? What's the first one? Submit. Fully submitted to the Lord. Father, here I am. Everything I have is yours. I'm fully submitted to you and your direction in my life. Lord, I long to become more and more and more and more like you. Jesus, I want to, to follow you with every ounce of me. When I'm waking up on Monday morning and when I'm going to church on Wednesday night, when I'm driving into the office or to school or I'm driving to see the grandkids, wherever it is, I'm fully submitted to your direction in every area of my life. First one, submit. What's the second one? Got to resist that devil. Uh-uh, devil. You are not coming in here, right? Come on. That's what you, that's what you say, devil, you're defeated. You're going to back off in Jesus' name. You're not coming in here. Get, your, get that armor on, right? I kind of wish I lived in the medieval time because it would be cool to put on the armor. Uh, I don't wish I lived in the evil time because I wouldn't want to put on the armor and then go to war with people. But I could go to war against the devil because I know that he's already defeated. I've read the end of the book, right? I know when it all comes to the end, to that last chapter in Revelation, I know that if we live for the Lord, we're all victorious. The devil's cast out into the lake of fire. He ain't coming back, and we're living with Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? So we can look back at 2021 and be like, Lord, that was kind of messed up at times. But we can look forward at 2022 and say, Lord, you want to know what? I'm submitting myself to you the entire time. And I'm going to do as much damage against the, the devil as I can by submitting to you and by resisting the devil. Aleho says this. It doesn't say resist the devil and you might possibly at times be able to stand. It doesn't even say you have to fight. Have you noticed that? Can you put that verse back up, James 4? Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and you will battle him out and maybe win. Resist the devil, and he's going to run from you as fast as he can. Right? So as we go into 2022, I think let's do some resisting. I, I, I often think of it like this. When you walk into a room, the devil's going to run out of that room. If you walk in with the presence of the Lord, fully submitted to him, the devil is going to run out of that room because he can't be there. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. So I've got a few quick thoughts for you kind of as I'm wrapping up. We need to have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. If you look up what the word Holy Spirit is, and uh, the word that it refers to is called, he's called the para cleat in the Bible, that means the advocate or helper that's alongside. We need to have the Holy Spirit inside of us. If you have not asked the Holy Spirit to be in you, that's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need to do that today. 
All you got to, Bible says, ask and you will receive. You just say, Holy Spirit, I want you inside of me. It's done like that. You need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John 10, 10, uh, sorry, John 10, 14 talks about Jesus being the good shepherd, and we know the good shepherd. And what it comes to is we need to know the voice of Jesus in our life. We need to know his voice. If you would say, honestly, right now, I don't know if I know the voice of Jesus, the only way you're going to get to know the voice of Jesus is spending time with him in your prayer closet, listening for his voice. So we need the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus' voice in our lives. And we need to spend time fasting and praying and listening to that voice. And then as I was getting ready, the last thing I'm going to say is as I was getting ready today, I felt like this was specifically for someone, whether you're online listening or you're in here. I heard this specifically, and I'm going to read it exactly like it was written because I felt like I was supposed to. There, someone, someone's having this thought. There is an element of life where we have to, uh, sorry, um, I shouldn't say this thought. This is for someone with, their, with what they're thinking. And I'm to tell you that there's an element of life where we have to simply learn to trust God. And I thought the three main words were simple, tr- simply trust God. I think that goes for all of us probably in a lot of ways. Can we just simply trust God this next year? God, I simply trust you. I don't have to know why, what, who, where, when. God, I'm just going to simply trust you. I'm going to simply trust you. So looking back on the attacking enemy, point number one is that the enemy wants to band together. Point number two is he's going to work with deception. But point number three is we have to submit to God and resist the devil. Would you do me a favor and would you bow your heads and close your eyes? As this year draws to a close and this is our last time worshiping together in this room in 2021, I want to make sure that I offer up an opportunity. If you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and you're sitting here today and you would say, today, I want to do that. You, you've listened to the words that we've looked at from the Bible today, and you'd say, I don't even know who Jesus is, so how can I know his voice? If that's you, I want to offer up an opportunity for you today to say, Jesus, I'm all yours. The Bible says that we have to believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we have to confess that he's our Lord and Savior. So if you're sitting here today and you'd say, today, I want to do that. Today, I want to ask Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, can you just raise up your hand? If you're online, when I count to three and you want to do that, just go ahead and raise the hand if there's the option there or just type it in the chat. Say, that's me. But when I count to three, if that's you, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise up your hand if that's you. Yep, hands going up. Hands going up. Yep, come on. Hands up. 
This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you can go ahead and put your hands down. I'm going to ask everyone here, or if you're joining us online, can you repeat to me and say, Jesus, today I choose you. I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And I recognize that you came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on that cross, and three days later rose again. And in that, you paid for my sins. So I ask for forgiveness of every mistake I've made. Pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, can you guys give them a big hand?